We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Travel edition, apparently. I am here in Las Vegas. Going to be doing some work at the Blue Wire studio at the Win. So that's my plan over the next few days. And that means you get the front office show from my hotel room. Keith, still at home in Orlando. We've got a ton to get through today. In fact, I don't think we're even going to get through this all in one show. There's so much going on around the NBA, which is amazing because there's so much going on in the sports world in general. But let's have at it. We've got a ton to talk about today, man. Yeah, we absolutely do there. Dude. No, I mean, three weeks, a little less than three weeks now as we're recording this on Monday. So we're under three weeks to go in the regular season uh, where we'll know all the playing and uh, yeah, matchups and all that and the top six teams and each conference three weeks from today. So, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's get into news. We get a lot of, as you said, a lot of injury updates and then some transactional rumory stuff, which which we we always love. All right, well, let's kick things off with an injury update. This is certainly an unfortunate one. Lonzo Ball has not responded well to rehab. This is like, I mean, we're running out of time, and that's going to be the theme through all of the injuries that we talk about. We're running out of time with the NBA season. Lonzo Ball not responding well to rehab at this moment. That's not a good sign for future availability. The Bulls, they need him. They need him come playoff time, and this is, is not good news at all. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Alex Crusoe being back is huge, mm-hmm. but they need the other backcourt defender playmaker because that's when they, they function there at their best. So, yeah, it is, um, you know, let's see, uh, you know, how, how that all kind of comes together. But, yeah, it is um, definitely, uh, you know, one of those things where we're like, uh, like you said, how much time, like if he's not back within the next week or so, mm-hmm. you really start to think that may be about it. And and this and this Bulls team has had a great season. They were there's a point where they looked like perhaps the best team in the Eastern Conference. And you hate to see things fall apart late due to injury. Not saying that they can't overcome without him, but they could certainly use him out there come playoff time. Uh, they did get some good news though. Patrick Williams is going to be going to be returning. So that's a guy that we've been keeping an eye on all season long. They needed that extra wing depth, and so getting him back can certainly help. I think they still need yep. Lonzo back to really make a run, but. But Patrick Williams is definitely going to help them out. Yeah, I think if you were picking one of the two at this point, mm-hmm. you'd probably rather have Lonzo back. But, you know, you that's not what you're doing right here, not picking and choosing here. So you'll take uh, Patrick Williams back and work him in. And the good news is that's three weeks for him, right, to get back into the fold, start figuring things. 
things out and see if you can get him into uh, being part of the uh, rotation the rest of the way. All right, let's move on to Sacramento. Sacramento Kings, uh, Rashawn Holmes now out for personal reasons. Looks like his season is also going to be over. We know he was not too pleased with, with the Sacramento Kings um, because of the demotion and everything. I mean, Domitas Sabonis coming in, taking on that role, and we get to talk about him too in a minute. He's one of the names that is expected to very much be on the trade market this offseason and doesn't look like we're going to see anything else out of him this year it'll be interesting to see where he ultimately winds up because i think they do trade him and he should have a market out there there are teams that'll be looking for what he can do in terms of being that kind of athletic role man yeah very fairly paid uh you know for you know well what he is he's got a uh, 36 million left over the next three years so average of about 12 million per season he's at 11.2 next year and then going up and then that final year is a player option so we'll we'll see how that kind of comes together but yeah the kings are uh they're gonna be in a tough spot because you mentioned sabonis who kind of came in and took Holmes's starting role he's now gonna potentially miss some time he hurt his left knee last night uh he was uh you know uh, helped he tried to stay in initially played about 30 seconds then had to leave uh, after that and was helped back to the locker room and now they're saying he's going to have an MRI today Monday may have already had it we have not seen any news yet but the Kings with where their season is at you got to imagine if it's anything uh, above super duper minor he's done for the year too so so they're not going to have either guy but that's why you have 14 other centers on the roster, I guess. And they're not realistically you know in the playoff hunt or anything like that right now no. so you know, it's it's yeah. They are. Let's see. They're six games behind the Pelicans and Lakers for the last play-in spot. That that's not. That's just you're counting down to elimination at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it for him. Uh, and that's that's another rough season for the Sacramento Kings and another playoff yeah. season. And this was. It feels like each of the last few seasons we've looked at Sacramento and said maybe this is the year things finally come together. It was not. <laughs> it was not this year. Did did not happen for well, them. And now the tough part is, right, you want to have Sabonis in there because even if you know, all right, hey, it's a pipe dream to make the play in, Mm -hmm. you want to at least get the most you can out of these last few weeks to be able to get a good sense and a look at, hey, these are the guys that fit together. These are the guys we think we can build the roster around next year. And then you end up in a spot where, all right, maybe we don't even get that look and you're kind of almost starting from square one again uh, when you hit training camp. All right, let's let's move on over to well, don't sound the siren, but we got to get to Ben to Ben Simmons. So <laughs> no, no more Simmons siren. It is retired unless he goes back on the trade block. Then then we'll uh, we'll unretire, retire it, Tom Brady style. You never say never in the in the NBA. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll just Brady style retire the Simmons siren. It could come yeah. back at some point, but uh, Ben Simmons, uh, we're going to get into a Shams Charania piece that came out today. We'll get into that probably on the next video that's going to come out today, but uh, he did give us some info on Ben Simmons and where he's at injury wise. Since we're doing more injury updates on this show, I figured we would get into this. Um, he very much wants to return according to Shams, but he's dealing with a herniated disc in his back, which certainly sounds very painful. This is not a situation, though. I've had some fans say, oh, Ben Simmons is just sitting at home collecting paychecks. No, he very much wants to be on the floor. This is what Shams has been saying, but uh, he's got to deal with this back issue. And Keith, as you, the point you've been bringing up is you need him back on the floor sooner rather than later in order to make things click chemistry-wise. From a chemistry standpoint, you don't want to be 
in the play-in in a do-or-die situation, and you're suddenly trying to incorporate Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah. your, your whole rhythm is going to get thrown off by that. So they don't just need him back. They need him back pretty quick here if he's going to get back out on the floor. It sounds like there's still optimism that that will happen, but the fact that he's dealing with a, a pretty serious back issue here, I mean, a herniated, herniated disc is no joke, that's got to be cause for concern for the Nets. Yeah, without a doubt. They're, they are, you know, at this point, they're not, not I don't think he plays. I, I just think mm-hmm. you're better off, get him right, hit the ground running in September with him and whatever the rest of the roster looks like can go because of what you said. It's just he's too difficult of a player just because of how unique of a player he is. Mm -hmm. Too hard to try to work him into your lineup when there's so little time left. And you also got to factor in that we still got to figure out with Kyrie and, you know, how we work that in and those kind of things. So it's it's this is a definite, uh, you know, difficult situation for the the Nets to be working through with a couple guys who are kind of you know, uh, well, not kind of, obviously major parts of their rotation. So let's see uh, how that one comes together. My guess is he's probably not going to play unless we're getting a little bit of a shady intel here, but I don't think Steve Nash has any reason to not tell it to a, to a straight, right? This is a, you know, there, there's no real reason to to hide the severity of his injury. Well, now come on. We're talking about the guy who said they weren't trading James Harden. (laughs) True. (laughs) Well, they weren't at the time. At the time. Come on, the man. Time, they're, they're that, that all came together in about five minutes on the morning of the trade. Yeah, that's exactly the way now. it goes. That's how, that's how these things work. They come together very, very quickly. <laughs> it's one phone call. Hey, will you trade this guy? Sure. Will you take this guy? Sure. Done yeah. deal. Done deal. That's yeah. that's it. That's all it yeah. takes to get an NBA More trade simple done. than a fantasy trade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a, a mention here about Kyrie Irving and the situation there. They're still hoping that New York City Mayor Eric Adams will change the ruling on the private sector mandate for city workers. That would, of course, allow Kyrie Irving to play home games. Uh, but right now, it doesn't seem like that's you know, happening at the moment. There's been optimism that it's going to happen at some point. Does it happen in time for, say, the playoffs? I mean, we're, again, the clock, the clock is ticking. That's the theme here. The clock is ticking on any of these things to happen. Yep. Yeah, and and again, I mean, we've talked about this before, but right now as it stands, the Nets are looking at going on the road for that first playing game. That could be a good thing. Unless the Toronto Raptors stick at seven, they're they're a game behind the Cavs. They're a game and a half behind the Bulls, uh, who are in fifth. And if the Raptors are at seven, Curry can't play in that game. She can't go into Canada unvaccinated. And then he won't be able to play um, uh, back home in Brooklyn if they were to lose that game either. Um, or if they were to somehow three games is starting to get to be a lot to make up uh, with only a f- uh, about 11 games left in the season for most teams. Uh, but we'll see now on the flip side of it. They can't get too casual and say, well, we're locked into where we are because Charlotte is uh only a game behind and Atlanta is only uh two games back so it's still uh you know pretty tight there at the bottom and then the Wizards there's no worry of the Nets falling all the way out the Wizards are four and a half behind Atlanta in the 10-11 so again we're just not waiting that's that's gonna play out until we're in officially eliminated status it's that time of the season we're gonna start seeing those little those little x's appear on the table X's, Y's, Z's, whatever they all mean. <laughs> whatever else is in there. <laughs> Question marks. Those are going to get thrown into probably. Um, James Wiseman 
shut back down. Not great. I've I've been kind of I, I know from the Warriors side of things, there have been been general pessimism about number one, is he definitely coming back? And then number two, is he even going to make an impact if he does come back? But I've been wanting to see him back out there personally. I've been hoping that he got out there just to see what he can bring, see yeah. if he brings a different element to this Warriors team. But unfortunately, shut back down, still dealing with injuries. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we, we, you know, we, in the end, we love the game more Mm -hmm. than anything else. And we want these guys to all play and, and play well and be healthy. And it really is disappointing that now, you know, again, another guy starting to look like this could be it, right? Because this Warriors team, much like the Nets, uh, they've got big dreams, right? So they're, they're hoping to chase a title and that's not the time to be working a guy back in. Now, Wiseman a little easier, right? Because you just kind of tell him, hey, set screens, roll hard to the rim, be a big presence around the basket area. That's really all you're kind of asking him to do. But, you know, if he can't make it through a couple games, I guess he played three games in the G League and about 20 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. In those three games, if you can't make it through those those games without a recurrence of, of swelling and injury, that that's kind of a problem. So, you know, here we are with this one. Now, on the plus side, Stephen Curry. Uh, says he's an optimist and he thinks he'll be back for game one of the playoffs. So let's, let's see uh, where that goes, where we're hoping for that, Mm -hmm. right? For him, we we would love to see him get back, but here's what they're facing. Now they've fallen a game and a half behind Memphis for the two seed. They're only two games up on the jazz on the three, four line. So, and they haven't been great without Steph the last couple of years. I think that's uh, pretty obvious right. to everybody. So you're starting to see, you know, they got to start figuring this out here because if they they slip, all of a sudden you're in that four line and then you're looking at Dallas, uh, Minnesota, surprisingly, uh, who's moved up to six or maybe even Denver, um, you know, getting in there if, you, you, if you're if you in the mm-hmm. four line or, you know, you're getting one of those teams at three, but – just maybe you feel a little bit better uh, as the three. So let's let's see. I'm curious to see how that tight grouping there starts to prioritize seeding mm-hmm. uh, over everything else. And you're trying to make sure you stay on the opposite side of the Suns in the bracket, ideally, as long as you can, too. And this is a very different situation with Golden State compared to Ben Simmons. So Steph Curry gets back. If he's back game one of the playoffs, you instantly just plug him back in. Right, they've had a season oh, yeah, full yeah. of experience yeah. with him. This isn't something where you're worried about chemistry or getting that. Maybe there'll be some speed bumps, right, no, in terms yeah. of just reintegrating a guy into the lineup. But they still have that experience playing with him. The Nets haven't even seen Ben yeah. Simmons on the floor, so very different situation yeah. here. Hundred percent, yeah, and it's and it's different from like what we said with like the Kings, where you're just trying to catch those last few games there, and you might as well just say, well, kind of forget it. Let's just shut guys down. You know, these are all different situations. That's why we talk about them all uh, individually because they all are kind of unique. All right, um, let's get into. We've got a few more of these. Well, I mean, we've got Jamal Murray. Let's talk about that one because that could have playoff implications yeah. as well. Jamal Murray not close. Keith, I feel like we're on a roller coaster here. Every time we get excited about the Nuggets, and oh my gosh, the Nuggets are going to get Jamal Murray back. They're going to get Michael Porter Jr. back. Yep. It feels like then we get some negative news. Then we get Jamal Murray going to the G League. Oh, no, wait, no, everybody's still not close to a return. Heal up, yeah. Jamal. Heal up. Yeah, we want to yeah, see you back healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, I was talking with some friends about this, and including someone who covers the Nuggets, and I said, it's starting to look like maybe we don't see him this year it's generally a year uh, on these acl tears and it'll be a year in you know early to mid april 
for Murray. So him getting back now would be a little quicker than it's than is expected. So I am wondering if the Nuggets are basically leaving it as all right, you know, hey, let's just kind of own this. It is what it is. Uh, it would not shock me at all if in like the next week we got the uh press release of jamal murray's being shut down for the season you know we'll see him in the in the uh, next year and remember this is why this season going as late as it did last year that's still having an impact thankfully that's the last one we're back on a normal calendar we'll be back uh a regular start next year but yeah it's it's been tough i mean we're seeing that we're it's funny i was having this conversation a couple of teams have have rebounded and played pretty well but the heat lakers nuggets and celtics i do think all three all four rather suffered some hangover last mm-hmm. season uh you know after the long uh, bubble run in the short off seasons and then i think we're we've seen even some spill over into this year because even despite the fact that miami and boston have put together pretty good years and denver is as well um you've still seen a lot of injuries for for those teams especially with the heat some you know key guys some older guys uh that, that have been out so it's it's just one of those things that you're dealing with it was going to take a little while to get get reset and back on track speaking of denver they've now slipped into seventh they are now in the play-in um mm-hmm. in the western conference they, they're tied with minnesota but minnesota owns the tiebreaker uh over them right now so that's something to keep an eye on because you don't want to be there if you can avoid it you'd much rather be doing that top six and get that assured playoff spot absolutely absolutely um we do have something for the the defending champs the the milwaukee bucks pat Connaughton returned to action so yeah that's good they're like they you need as much depth as you can get come playoff time and pat Connaughton has had some big moments for them this season so this is good news for the reigning champs Absolutely, and this is big because they just lost DeAndre mm-hmm. Bembry, who they were hoping to fill some wing minutes, but he he's out now. Giannis sat out their last game, but doesn't sound like it's uh, anything too serious. So they're basically back to about as whole as they're probably going to be for the rest of this season, which is uh, kind of a scary thought because when they, they've got everybody, they're, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I'm very curious to see with the Bucs now back to full strength. Does Brooke Lopez take back that starting center spot? Yeah. Now, he started the other day, but that's because Giannis sat out. But does he take that, or does it? do they stick with Bobby Porter, who's had it all year long? And that's a tough decision, right, if you're Mike Budenholzer, because you got to really look at it and say, well, yeah, Porter has been our guy all year. We've been a pretty good team. We're going to run with him. Or do you say, hey, we won a championship with him as our sixth man and Brooke Lopez as a mm-hmm. starter? I'm going to guess that might be one we roll with it. Then you fall down like two one in a series or something like that. That could be the the change, right? There, there's a there's a lineup changes an adjustment we make and go. But let's see, you know how that comes together here over the next few weeks. It's certainly going to be a tough call, and we'll see what the Bucks do. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's still going to be something that, sure. that's going to be interesting to watch exactly how they handle. Yeah. that situation i mean on the plus side both of them on the offensive end can stretch the floor um defensively though they're very yeah. different players so it'll be interesting to see what the what the bucks ultimately wind up doing with that situation all right keith well, let's get into this man we've got we got some big stuff going on today for the <laughs> the middle ish end of march where a lot of teams there's right? some playoff races going on but a lot of teams are kind of settling in to where they're 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 at in terms of the standings We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There was some surprise here, and I guess let's just start off. Let's not bury the lead. Miami is a landing spot for Bradley Beal this offseason? Where did, where did that come from? Um, I guess not a surprise because Miami tends to be at least mentioned in the the yep. race for a lot of the top players. But still, this is one that we heard a lot of the 76ers stuff and a lot of other teams, your Boston Celtics being teams that might be interested in, in Bradley Beal. But man, if he landed in Miami, that's that gets pretty interesting in terms of perhaps putting them in another tier compared to what the rest of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, so we're all on the same page here. Beal has a player option, mm-hmm. um, but he will decline that almost guaranteed. He will decline that player option, um, which then will make him a free agent. And the reason why he'll decline that is an extension for him is not as lucrative because he's not coming off, um, you know, a high enough number necessary to get in there. So he's probably going to decline that. That gets him to the full max that he can get to. Now, whether that seemed like that would be be a lot that was going to be with Washington and that's where he he would stick now for what it's worth let's be fair he has continually said he doesn't have any interest in going yeah. anywhere and recently said that too shortly before he was shut down uh for the season may have even been like right after but but he basically said no this is where I want to be for Miami to get him Miami does not have cap space they have no path to cap space this would have to be a sign and trade which then that means that that Washington would land into a uh um or sorry, uh, Beal rather would land into a four-year contract right. versus the five-year he can get with um, with the Wizards. Uh, just a sneak peek. Uh, probably later today, I'll have a piece up on Spot Track that outlines all of Bradley Beal's contract options. Um, if you're interested in reading something before that's posted, I just wrote one about Tyler Hero and all his contract options. And my guess is maybe Tyler Hero factors in here a little bit um, as part of a trade package um, for Bradley Beal because you start to look at and say, all right, you got to get their matching salary wise, you got to get their talent wise. You know, do you really need Tyler Hero if you're the the uh, the Heat if you're going to get Bradley Beal? Sure, you'd love him for mm-hmm. depth reasons, but you got to start to build build up a trade package. So, very curious to see how this would come together. I never never count Pat Riley out, never count Andy Ellsberg out um cuz those guys are as good as what they do. Uh, is any anybody there? But, but but let's see and obviously first though, you would have to say he wants to leave Washington before this can happen. Yeah, and so far every time this has come up, every time we've hit that kind of decision point for Bradley Beal where people have been starting to speculate might he actually leave Washington, he's ultimately said no. He's ultimately said, no, I prefer to stay, and then off they go. And the Wizards move on, and they try to build around there. I still think that's probably the most likely outcome here is Bradley Beal once again recommits to Washington, says, I want want to stay here, does a new deal, 
and that's where we go from from there. But that doesn't mean that teams aren't going to be positioning themselves to be a landing spot should he start to consider really going somewhere else. And Miami could be interesting. Now, we also heard word that the 76ers were a team that were interested in trying to get him. We heard all about yep. Joel Embiid pushing for Bradley Beal. They ultimately wound up getting James Harden. I, I think most likely the 76ers, I, I mean, you never say never in the NBA, but with Harden, I mean, I guess you could package up Therese Maxey, Matisse Thybul, but most likely the 76ers yeah. are not going to be a landing spot for Beal. Well, it would it would take them packaging. I mean, Tobias up. Harris becomes your matching salary, yeah. right? But yeah, it's yeah. it's tough too because they don't necessarily have the yeah. asset base That's to go it. get them. You'd have to, you know, it's gonna have that would at a minimum be Maxi or Thibel, if not both, um, because at that point, if you're Washington, you kind of know you have them over mm-hmm. a barrel, right? Of hey, we know what you want to do, so we're we're gonna hold out, you know, for everything we can get from you. But yeah, I mean, I don't count out Daryl Moore either, you know, like. But again, I, I think exactly what you said. I think he just sticks in Washington. And then maybe a year or two from now, kind of like where we're thinking Damian Lillard's head might be at, reevaluate in a year or two and say, all right, you know what? This isn't going the way I want. And I think at that point, both of those guys are in such similar spots where I don't think anybody holds it against them as far as like, hey, we, right. we get it. Now, if it was a, we turned down a monster package because you said you wanted to stay, and now a year later you're not as good and we trade you, that might get you a little, little, little uh, you know, negative mm-hmm. feedback there. But, but I mean, as we know right now, that's not where this is at. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see. And look, Kristaps Porzingis has had his moments. The Lakers know a little, a little too well. Um, but – but uh, maybe you know maybe there's reason why Bradley Beal is looking at the Wizards and being optimistic about this team moving forward and into the future and sure. and all of that and and like we've said, it's become more and more of a rarity for players to stick with one team for the entirety of their NBA careers, and so part of me is kind of kind of rooting for that even though you know I don't have a, a dog in the fight in terms of the Washington Wizards but no I, I, it's just it's nice to see something go against the grain a little bit in terms of player movement, seeing a player stay put potentially for their entire career. It's like Damian Lillard may ultimately wind up doing with the Portland trailblazers. I think there's a little bit of uh, nostalgia that gets triggered with that. Yeah, I think too, it, it, there's definitely that too, right? We, we love that. I mean, Dirk, mm-hmm, sure. right? 20, 21 years, I think with the Mavs, right? We all love that. Um, you know, that kind of thing there. But I think the, the other part to, to consider here is, the Wizards weren't bad earlier in the year, and then things kind of, well, kind of, completely yeah. fell apart with them. And maybe they look like, all right, hey, if we can get a better fitting point guard for whatever reason, Spencer Dinwiddie did not work there. He's been great in Dallas, um, but did not work there. And if they look at it and say, all right, hey, we got Porzingis, we got Kuzma, we got Cabo Pope, we got Beal, get a you know functional point guard in here. Uh, you still got Hachimura and Avdia. You can look at that and say that's a play in. You know, team, they can, you know, fight to at least get mm-hmm. in the play. And if not better, if everything, you know, goes really well. So, you know, that, that might be part of it too. Um, I, I thought the, the, the uh, Shams brought back the quote from Bradley Beal from March 3rd, um, basically saying, Tommy Shepard, Ted Leontis, we're all good. We know what this summer is. And that to me is, we got to get it right. Otherwise, um, I'm going to yeah. bounce. Yep. Uh, let's move on. And speaking, of, we talked about Damian Lillard. Let's move to Portland. Jeremy Grant is yeah. a target for the Portland Trailblazers. And one of the things that they might try to include is the 2022 uh, pick from the New Orleans Pelicans, their first rounder, 
if the Blazers get that pick. And we'll see. This will be one of the storylines watching through the end of the season. But we've talked about this, that the Blazers, they made some big moves at the trade deadline. They made a number of moves. You can argue about the Mm -hmm. value. I said that, especially in the Norman Powell trade, I didn't feel like they got enough value. But the challenge now for them is not taking those pieces and using those things to bring in young players. The challenge now, because they've made the decision they're going to keep Damian Lillard, is taking the stuff that they got, the stuff that they got in those trades, and figuring out a way to get better, figuring out a way to build a better team, a team that fits better around Damian Lillard and give him a shot to win a championship. And apparently Jeremy Grant, who was a very hot name at the trade deadline this past year, is going to be at the top of their list, or at least near the top of their list, what do you think about this strategy? Keith, going after a guy like Jeremy Grant, does he become, with the emergence of Anthony Simons, a nice fit for the Blazers with Lillard moving forward? Can that can that bring them up a tier or two in the West? Yeah, I think it can. Um, I, I think, you know, what you're basically looking at there is you would have Josh Hart and Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. I think probably you re-signed Yusuf mm-hmm. Nurkic. Um, my, my guess is when he basically shut it down recently, my, my thought process was that was being done in conjunction with the front office of the trailblazers to say, all right, let's get, get this mm-hmm. reset. We're, we're all going to come back healthy. And then then from there, it's how where they fill out. Remember we were all looking at it and saying, why have they not bought out Eric Bledsoe at the trade deadline? I now wonder if they're not even going to buy him out next year, if they're going to say, hey, at least temporarily, we're going to stay as an over-the-cap team and then use him as a trade number. And what, how that would work is his contract is only guaranteed for $3.9 million, so that's the most they could use him for in a trade. But it's the not, but it is a full number of nineteen point four million, and you could up that guarantee to any mm-hmm. number in between that three point nine and that nineteen point four if you needed to. The other option is they could waive him and stretch that money. They they've not been you know opposed to doing that in the past. They've got that's why they have a old friend Andrew Nicholson on the books for two more seasons after this. Um, but it would only be one point three million a year to stretch that three point nine he's owed. So they've got a lot of options the way they could do this. But yeah, Lillard. Hart, Nurkic, Grant, Simons, that's not a bad base to start from, uh, especially when you look at, you know, kind of who else you're competing with around, uh, you know, the, the playing uh, level there. And then let's not count out Nasty mm-hmm. Little. Had a nice little little jump this year. Maybe one of these other guys that, that you're playing right now show something pops going into next season. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, one of those teams to watch for sure is going to be Portland because there's just a ton of different ways this can go down. And then we should note that, as as Shams mentioned, look, this is the 2022 Pelicans pick could be a big piece to any kind of of a Jeremy Grant trade. And according to Shams, well, actually, according to Real GM, this is the situation with the pick. It's protected one through four and 15 through 30. So it has to be five through 14 in order for it to fall into the hands of the Blazers. So that's what they're looking for. Get that pick, package that up with whatever you need to in order to go get Jeremy Grant. And then off you go. I, I do think, though, based on based on what we saw at the trade deadline, the amount of interest in Jeremy Grant, and based on how limited the free agent class is this year, there's going to be a lot of suitors once again. I think the market is going to be hot for Jeremy Grant again, which means Portland is is probably going to be in a bidding war. And so it's not 
It's not yep. a foregone conclusion that they've got the pieces to land him. It's possible for another team to come in because everybody looks for three and D wings that are switchy, that things Jeremy Grant can do. Um, another team could come in and blow their, their offer out of the water if they so choose. Well, and one other thing I'll add that Shams added to little throwaway line at the para, end of the paragraph, mm-hmm. Grant is eligible for a four-year, $112 million contract yes. extension. That's not just it. a throwaway line. It sounds like it, but that is a, uh, if you're going to trade for Jeremy Grant, may not be that full amount, but be prepared to give him a pretty healthy contract extension because that's uh, you know, where this is headed. That's an average of $28 million a year. So let's see. Let's see where that goes. But that's one of those other things, right, is, you know, hey, you're willing to also sign him because otherwise you're trading him and then he, you're trading him in his walk, trading for him in his walk year, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous. So you better be prepared to uh, figure out that extension. And, and unlike... I said before, Bradley Beal's on an extension candidate. Mm-hmm. Grant is because he's very, very unlikely to command a full right. max um, deal as a free agent. So for him locking in, even if it was $25 million annually, um, that that's a pretty good number for, for Jeremy Grant. All right, let's talk about uh, a guy we've been, been on this whole season. We've been saying Isaiah Thomas, he's an NBA player. Needs to be on a team somewhere. He's bounced around a bunch of different locations this year. He's been in the G League. Every time he's gone down to the G League, he's shown that he's clearly just too good to be in the G League. <laughs> yeah. uh, he goes for 40-plus points or, or whatever. Only by a yes, lot. Yes, <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. Um, the Hornets are pretty happy with him. We still don't know if they're going to keep him long-term. He's on a second day, 10-day contract. But it's sounding like he's really providing value in terms of not just what he does on the floor, but also veteran leadership. So that's a good sign. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're keeping him for the rest of the year. We'll see where all of that goes, but it sounds like it's moving in that direction. And again, fingers crossed you and I, Keith, both have, have been saying that we wanted him to stick with an NBA team somewhere. Hopefully this is it with, with the Hornets. Yeah, I agreed. He he's actually played well on the mm-hmm. court too. And as you said, yeah, all reports are they, they love the way he's worked with uh, Terry Rogier, who he obviously played with in Boston, but also LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, that kind of young uh, Hornets core. But in the six games he's played with them, 13 and a half minutes a night off the bench, nine points per game, 45.5% from three mm-hmm. uh, and 44% overall. So not, not bad. Uh, overall, his assists are down from what you usually see out of him, but that's more a function of he's playing 13 and a half minutes per game, and he's primarily playing in a get in there and mm-hmm. score uh, role, is what the Hornets have asked of him. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is big. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I, 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 let me check my calendar here because I think it's tomorrow. It is tomorrow, uh, Tuesday the 22nd, uh, that his his 10 day. Uh, second 10-day contract expires. Uh, so he'll get in today's game with them. Uh, they're playing the Pelicans. And then basically the Hornets have to decide do we want to keep them or not. Unless there's a hardship situation, uh, you can only have guys on a uh, 10-day contract for two of right. them. And then you have to sign them for the rest of the year. Hornets are not in a hardship situation, so they would have to sign him for the rest of the season. All right, let's move on here. Let's get to, well, there's some more injury stuff to get into. Uh, This is positive. Jared (laughs) Allen. Jared Allen, hopefully, will be back Mm -hmm. within three weeks. The Cavs are going to need him come playoff time. Again, this was a tough blow towards the end of the season to be dealing with a finger injury. But now, Jared Allen expected to be back within three weeks. We uh, talked about on our previous show that he elected not to do surgery on it. They decided that wasn't necessary, just going to let it heal up. Uh, Three weeks, hopefully, he's back and good to go. And, uh... 
And yeah, then the, the Cavs can be can be off and running for the playoffs. This is still a team to watch for playoff time, and I'm going to get a look at them tonight. They're going to play my Lakers. Uh, but this is one of those teams that everybody likes to get behind the underdog, right? And that's what this Cavs team is. Mm-hmm. So they're going to definitely be a team to keep an eye on come playoff time, but they're going to need a guy like Jared Allen in there if they're actually going to make some noise in the postseason this year. Yeah, and they've slid in the standings. Mm-hmm. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They're now down to 6th. They're only a half game behind Chicago, but they're now 2.5 behind Boston, um, who has moved up to you know quite a bit in the standings, up to 4th now, are, are the uh, the red-hot Boston Celtics. And I noticed you haven't brought them up in two shows' worth of uh, of time together, but uh, I'm going to bring it up. So I might I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let you escape that quite that easily. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cavs, this is tough. And they're only a game ahead of Toronto uh, for that playing spot. And again, you want to be that top six because you want to get in because you're not favoring them against Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even, you know, uh, even at home because that's actually probably worse because then Kyrie Irving can play um, in Cleveland. And then it's probably kind of a toss-up between Charlotte and Atlanta in the second playing game if the Cavs are down in the playing mm-hmm. tournament because problem with the Hornets or the Hawks is they're shooting it well. You can be in for yep. a long night. Yeah. Just, you know, they're the kind of team that gets hot for a game or two. They make a little little run in the playing and they're in. So that's that's going to be your challenge if your Cleveland is trying to hold off. And, and uh, you know, I think they might have one game left with the Raptors, if I remember right. So that may um, – let, let me check that while while we're uh, talking here because that, that if so, that becomes a pretty massive I've got it. They do. That's, uh, that's coming up on Thursday. They do. Next – yeah, on Thursday in Toronto. So mm-hmm. that's – that's quietly a pretty huge game mm-hmm. uh, for them. But they've got a couple games with the Magic left. Those should be fairly winnable. A game with the Knicks. And then you get to the end of the year, who knows what some of these teams will be looking like as far as playing guys or sitting guys. But uh, to, danger zone, I guess, best way to put it for the Cavs. Uh, I, I will I'll comment on your Celtics in just a second. But Dean Wade, just to finish off the Cavs here, <laughs> Dean Wade, partial yeah. meniscus tear, hoping to be back for the start of the playoffs again. Partial, that's that's important. Um, but partial meniscus tear, he's been kind of a versatile guy for them. Uh, I mean, Big Jared time. Allen is, of course, the more important piece here. But the Cavs are going to need everything that they that they've got come playoff time. So yep. hopefully, he is indeed back for the start of the playoffs. Yeah, Dean Wade, I know there's might be even listeners to our show or viewers of our show maybe like who, but Dean Wade's played in 51 games for Cleveland, 19 minutes per game. He has kind of been the plug-in guy mm-hmm. for Markinen, Mobley, Allen, Love. If any of them are ever out of the lineup, Dean Wade's the guy they go to to slide into that spot. He plays all three front court positions in that kind of uh, goofy jumbo size uh, Cleveland groupings, and he's been been really important. He's up to thirty six percent from three this year on three attempts per game. He's a pretty solid defender; can move his feet fairly well. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that that's a that's not one of these who losses. Mm. Like that's actually a pretty big uh, loss for Cleveland if he can't get back, especially if Allen is at all limited or anything. Because now all of a sudden you go from this uh, deep front court down to. You know, you're getting down to Mobley, Markin, and Love, and that kind of becomes that's what we got to work with the rest of the way when you've been playing three bigs together quite a bit. And we got through a conversation about Dean Wade without making a Dwayne Wade joke. So <laughs> that was, I, I give ourselves a I always think of, uh, 
Um, I, I feel like Dean Wade. Maybe it's just Dean Martin from my mom when I was growing up. But it always just sounds he sounds like a 50s like uh, like like one of those like singers that like was a singer, but also made some movies and stuff like that's <laughs> that's what he sounds like. It's slick back hair and, you know, super cool the rat pack. Uh, guy. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm here in Vegas. So you're Celtics. Yeah, there it is. Let me. Uh, <laughs> Let, yeah. me, let me preface this here. So, obviously, from the Lakers side of things, Keith, I don't want good things for your for your Celtics. You don't want good things for my Lakers. We've come to terms with this. We're okay with it. Yeah. We've made peace with that fact. However, I will say we own our petty. that as somebody who has watched a lot of bad basketball this season, not by choice, but has watched a lot of bad basketball this season, the tenacity that the Celtics bring on the defensive side of the, the floor it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them just really get after teams and lock down and and just the the hustle that they attach they attack every possession with. It's obviously a stark contrast to what I've been watching, but uh, or at least most nights. But uh, you got to give them credit for what they've done out there. It's been really really impressive. And again, just from a, a scheme wise, looking at it, we we've talked about this previously. Just from a, a tactical perspective, the fact that they've taken a team playing two bigs the way that they have and, and one of them being Al Horford who's not the quickest guy he, but he's done a lot better than you would have expected sure. they've overcome a lot of the challenges that you would expect them to have on paper and turn themselves into this defensive juggernaut and who knows who knows where they go come playoff time so um, I mean incredible stuff hats off off to them they've been absolutely phenomenal again it kills me to say it but but they've really been good and actually been uh, been fun to watch in this run that they've had, particularly because of what they do on the defensive side of the floor. It's just, it's almost unlike anything else that we're seeing in the league from a defensive standpoint right now, which is which is very cool. Yeah, other than when they have Peyton Pritchard in the game, they full on switch every single mm-hmm. thing and live with whatever the resulting on ball matchup is. Occasionally, when Pritchard is in there, they'll try to jump switch, which means you're you're like pre-switching him mm-hmm. out of a play where you can tell his guy's going to screen. Or if he gets on a on a switch and the other team's trying to set him up, they'll try to scram him out of that. So they'll either jump switch or they'll switch back. And those kind of things are looking super technical. But he's the only guy that they at all ever try to cover for. Everybody else in their nine-man rotation live with whatever it is, and we're just going to run run with it. You know, maybe if it's Rob Williams guarding a point guard, it is what it is. If it's Marcus Smart guarding a center, it is what it is. We're going to live with it. And, and it's not just the style, but the numbers back it up. Because mm-hmm. you can see it with the eye test. Like you said, you can see them all over the plate. There are times when it almost feels like there's, they've got six guys on the court playing defense. Because they're all pretty long, too. Yeah. And they're all pretty quick. But they're first in defensive rating. They're also first in true like points per game allowed, which that's outdated because that doesn't factor in pace and all those yeah, kind which, of things. But right. but yeah, but if you go to the defensive rating, which does, they're first in that. They are first in opponents' field goal percentage. They're first in opponent three point percentage. They're first in the only team in the NBA that is holding opponents under 50% on two pointers this year. So that leads to the rim protection mm-hmm. of Robert Williams, Al Horford, even Grant Williams, you know, Grant Williams got a little out of his mind last night asking to be called. Did you see this? I didn't. I was on, I was on the called, plane. Uh, he wants to be called Batman because he locks up the Joker. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Because when he plays Nikola Jokic, because he's had some good games against him. So I, that yes. if, if, I, if I was, <laughs> excuse me, if I was a Celtics fan, oh. <laughs> that was hard. That was that was difficult to say. Oh man, that was sorry. Yeah, you had to choke that out. If, if if I was a sell, I would be a little bit uncomfortable with him with him <laughs> saying that. Now, not now. Look, most likely, let's say the Celtics get all the way to the to the the finals. Most likely, it's not Denver waiting on the other side, right? So you probably sure. don't have to worry yeah. about it. But don't poke the bear. Don't, just, <laughs> no, just don't do that. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I, it reminds me of. Ruben Patterson calling himself the Kobe stopper. Like, don't do that. Don't. And again, no, yeah. no Grant Williams has done, done just fine. No, you know, not taking sure. a shot at him at all. He's been, been good this season, but don't give yourself a nickname to, that you, that you stop the guy who's the reigning MVP. That's, it's usually not a good idea. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It's just, but it kind of gives you the sense of the confidence level. These guys are playing with right now. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is they had a little bit of fun with that. But after every single game, you get Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum basically saying the same thing is we're just taking one game at a time. Mm-hmm. They'll occasionally they'll rattle off 10 things that they didn't do well in the game. And, you know, we got to figure this stuff out. But I mean, all the numbers are are adding up to I think they're now. Yeah, they're third best uh, point differential in the league is mm-hmm. well behind the Suns and the Jazz. Um, and that tells you just, I mean, they're killing these teams. And even in these road games, they're, you know, they went on a West coast trip and anytime you do that opposite coast trip, you kind of think, all right, if we can get to 500, that feels pretty good about the trip. And they blew out the Warriors, blew out the Kings and then, uh, beat the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets so bad last night, Michael Malone benched the starters to start the second half. He did not come out with any of the starters on the floor because mostly because he was trying to send a message like, okay, hey, you're playing unacceptable right. effort level and all that stuff. And they came in, they made a little bit of a run, but it never got really close again. And they're just hammering these teams. And now they're off to OKC to close out a four game trip. Um, classic, classic trap, trap game. game. Yep. Um, there, you know, with this one and they're sitting out smarts going to sit out. He's, he's going to sign us infection that he's dealing with. Uh, Robert Williams got some knee soreness, so he's going to sit out. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if, you know, if something happens and six fans quite well remember last year when they had OKC and, uh, uh, Moses Brown looked like prime bill Russell against them and ended up winning. But, uh, but yeah, all right. That was more than enough Celtics talk. I know nobody wants to hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to, uh, we've got, I mean, two, like negative stories. I should have structured this differently, but Zion Williamson. <laughs> that's all right. We'll close out with a positive. I have a positive. Okay, great. We'll okay. That's, out. that's fantastic. So Zion Williamson done for the season. Sounds like he's, he's not going to play, which yeah. at this point, again, we're, we're at that point of the year where any kind of setback for anybody that's, that's it. Their season's over. 
Zion Williamson, we went from he's going to be back by the start of the season or a few weeks into the season to his season is over. And I mean, just from an NBA perspective, he's one of the bright young stars in the league. This is not what you want yep. to see at all. Uh, of course, health-wise, if this is what it takes in order to get him healthy for next season, then of course, if you're the Pelicans, you do it. We've talked about it does set up contractually some interesting things. He's only played in, what, 80-plus games. So what do you do with him in terms of an extension, in terms yeah. of uh, trying to lock him up long-term, how comfortable And those games were so good. Yeah, that's the what problem. I mean, that's the hard part, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I shouldn't say yeah. the problem. The hard part, because he was so good and so dominant when he played, but yeah. he's barely played. So, yeah, unfortunately, a lost season now for Zion Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zion Williamson, Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac. Those are four guys just off the top of my head. TJ Warren, another guy, five guys, five pretty good players. Not going to have seen them at all uh, this entire season. Not, not one minute uh, from those guys. Maybe Simmons gets back. Maybe Murray gets back, but it sounds like Zion's not going to play. We know Isaac and Warren are not going to play uh, this year. So, I mean, that's tough. And then the other one, I think you're going to Dame. Yeah. So it sounds like Damian Lillard's going to be shut down uh, for the rest of this season as well. Not a big surprise, yeah. right? I mean, Portland is uh, – they're – they're not exactly making a run at that uh, final play-in spot. And they're now three and a half out behind the Pelicans in the late. So uh, they'd have to climb the Spurs and make up that ground. That's and they're they're one and nine in their last ten. They've lost four in a row. They they're 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 clearly uh, reprioritizing for for draft pick reasons. So you know and that's the right thing to do. Sit Dame out. We already talked about it with the Jeremy Grant stuff. If hit a full reset into this summer and you know see see if you can get right back in that mix in the West and you know you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And again, so that's right, not a surprise. To close you out. Yeah. All right. You want to close out with something kind of kind of look slightly sad, but but more um, more celebration. Yeah. Jamal oh, Crawford yes, I saw that. is retiring. Yeah. He announced his retirement today on social media. Um, 20 year NBA career for Jamal Crawford. Uh, won six man of the year award three mm-hmm. times uh, tied with Lou Williams of the Atlanta Hawks. That's I, I I have no issue if the NBA was to rename that the Crawford Williams Six Man of the Year Award. Um, I, I think that would be be great um, as opposed to being like the I don't know what what would you call it the um, you know like Sprite Zero Cherry Diet Soda Six Man of the Year Award or something like that. <laughs> right. You know um, if you wanted to do it, the Crawford Williams Award, I, I would really like it. So, um, but yeah, great great career for Jamal Crawford. Uh, one of the best ball handling guards mm-hmm. in the team could always get to that uh, behind the back dribble into that jump shot and in the lane and stuff and just an absolute dominant scoring weapon off the bench for a number of years. So happy trails to him. My, my guess is we see him. He's already done some media stuff and we see him pop up even more uh, in the media. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's the kind of guy where at the beginning of his career, kind of like Lou Williams, there was a little bit of an attempt to like, hey, we're going to make this guy a point guard and he's going to be. He's going to be the lead ball handler until finally they just went, let, let's just let him do what he does. Come off the bench and get yep. buckets. And that's, and Lou Williams had the same yep. trajectory exactly. there. Um, and nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, no. nothing wrong with that at Not all. all. Hey, I mean, 20 year career. He carved out, made a ton of money, won a ton of games, had a lot of success. Same with Lou Williams. Um, you know, was, was approaching that, that same kind 
kind of numbers. So not the wrong at all. If you embrace that, you know, Hey, that's, that's what my job is. Great. Let's go. You know, uh, you know, we, we tend to get stuck on those things sometimes, but this is, this is good news. So happy uh, trails to Jamal Crawford, all the best to him and his uh, family moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to finish off with a podcast review that we got over on Apple podcast. Yeah. Um, this is from Warsome said, said, I have been watching and listening to you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. The title, something all NBA fans should listen to. All right. Said, I've been watching and listening to you guys since you did the collaborations on Lakers nation. And I really enjoy the move to a separate channel and podcast. This has been great as a fan of both teams, considering my first NBA game watched was the finals between the Lakers and the Celtics in 2010. I've learned so much about the league and how it runs and now use this mindset and how I break down the NFL as well. I hope you guys continue to do this podcast until you guys want to stop. I will definitely be listening until that happens. Uh, that that that's a fantastic review. Um, first of all, that that blew me away. He's a Lakers and Celtics fan. Yeah, that's weird. That how is don't that, tell people that. How is that possible? Be careful where you say that. Yeah, that's not a that, that's not a real thing. Yeah, you know, just say you love basketball. <laughs> let's, let's leave it at that. But yes, we will one hundred percent take that. And I will say no. No, nothing stopping us anytime soon. Yep. Uh, where we're gonna keep keep going, uh, even even when we are separated by by an almost an entire landmass right. known as the United States. We're still cranking out content for you guys. So yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Those those ratings and reviews do mm-hmm. mean a lot. They help us a lot. We do still have a lot of people who are podcast listeners only, and they they love it. And for you guys on the YouTube, you know, we we love you. The, the, the YouTube. YouTube. My daughter's gonna murder me. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube. Um. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, really, yeah, that's it. On the line, yeah, I love. That <laughs> I watched it the other night. Man. Let's, when we do movies, we'll yeah. get into that. It's it was on the other day, and I caught some of it. So, uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for all the support. We, we love you guys, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back to it. We're we're cranking up. We've got off season mm-hmm. preview stuff. We're gonna get into too. Um, eventually, we'll get into some draft coverage as well. I have thoughts. I've been watching a ton of college basketball, so I'm uh, you know, excited to to fly in there and pop pop in on that stuff. But yeah, good times all around, and more That's of it. That's right. Fun. All right, everybody. If you are watching us on the YouTube, make sure you do subscribe. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. <laughs> Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com